shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Bullying, mocking, deriding, disparaging, taunting, ridiculing, name-calling... A pretty weighty list of words, right? Unfortunately, they describe exactly the type of social and emotional pain that many kids endure every day. The time has never been more ripe to nip this negativity in the bud. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle. And today, on our 150th show, the theme is Bullying, No Name Calling Week. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. We've hit our 150th show. So awesome. Well, we have another exhilarating program in store for you today as we welcome guests who will show us how to use goodness and positivity as tools to counter the negative vibes. I'm really thrilled for the show today, too, Asia, so let's dive right in. We are so fortunate to be speaking with one of the owners of the Max Out Strength Studio, Matt Kubler. Already known for their outstanding strength and conditioning programs, Max Out owners Matt Kubler and Jason Griggs agreed that building the inner strength of its team clients was just as important as developing their physical strength. The Max Out Mentorship and Leadership Program was created with one guiding principle in mind, to help kids identify within themselves their own personal strengths and weaknesses, and then, with the help of the Max Out staff, guide them down the path of accentuating those strengths while minimizing the exposure of their weaknesses. Now, unlike other fitness facilities that are often sterile and promote a sense of urgency in getting the workout done as quickly as possible... Max Out Strength Studios actually encourages its clients to stay and hang out in its facility. In fact, it has recently redesigned its Limerick location with the designated space for teens where the mentoring and leadership training process can take place. We're truly amazed by all the wonderful ways that Matt and Max Out Studios are helping teens build both inner and outer strength, and we can't wait to hear more about this. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you for having me. This is a, a great opportunity, and I love what you guys are doing. Thank you for being here. So, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, I don't usually like to do that, but I will. I, uh, <laughs> I'm 43. Uh, I'm married to the love of my life, and I have two mm. great kids. One's uh, My daughter's 16, going to be 17, and my son's 12, going on 30. And uh, <laughs> I uh, graduated from high school and joined the Army, um, was an intelligence soldier um, back during the first Gulf War, and then after yeah. I got out, I uh, got hired as a cop in 1993, and I've been doing various different forms of law enforcement um, on every level for the last 22 years. Um, and I am the owner and, and co-founder of Max Out, 
and we started that at the end of 2009, and uh, it's taken us a lot of bumpy roads and hills and valleys, um, mm-hmm. as any startup would, and, uh, but we stuck with it, stuck to our beliefs and our core values, and I think we finally Good. made it out of the woods. Good. That's, That's awesome. Good. Yeah, and I, you know, I really want to thank you for your service as well. That's something that I always admire, and you know, I really want to thank you for that. And can you let us know what exactly is Max Out Strength Studios? We kind of briefly described it, but in your own words, what is the goal of this program? Well, initially, um, you know, we started off. We bought a business that um, was in existence in Florida. Um, we brought it and moved it up to Pennsylvania in 2009. Um, we rebranded it um, and brought on the very best strength and conditioning expert in the business, Mike Barwis, uh, who um, pretty much authored everything we do there as far as uh, the workout programs. Um, a byproduct of that, um, based on my experience, um, and I'll just quickly touch on it. My brother, who passed away in 1989 um, in a car accident, was learning disabled and had a severe stutter. And mm-hmm. at the time, I, I didn't really know that I was doing something, but apparently I was becoming very good at understanding human behavior and reading body language. And throughout my life, I found that I was very good at it, so I became sort of a, an expert in it. And with Max out, I was getting involved with a lot of people, mostly teens, who were um, looking for mentorship and some leadership training, and, and I turned what was once just a strength business into a full-service, mind-body-soul business. Wow. That's so cool. I think that's really good because I think teens really need that kind of guidance because a lot of what they've been taught is that, you know, they need to be physically strong to be able to ward off bullies, I guess, as you would say. But we, as teens, I think we need the physical strength, but we also need the mental strength as well. I agree. Um, Yeah, we have this piece of technology that allows us to make the body stronger and less time and more scientifically efficient, um, which is fantastic. And, you know, once a kid, you know, we found that the, the thing that opens the window to their soul is this commonality where kids from different uh, walks of life, different genders, different grades, different socioeconomic statures mm. can all be in the same place doing the same thing and coexist where they may not have otherwise had that opportunity. And that was, you know, the exercise is what starts that process. And then, yeah. you know, once they... Once you prove, and I think a lot of it has as a, as a strength and conditioning guy, you know, there's so many personal trainers out there around the world, and, and most of them are, are, are good, I guess, but the proof's in the pudding. And if you're not proving that what you're doing is working, then you're not going to have any credibility with these kids. And once you prove yeah. to them that what you did worked, now all of a sudden they're, they're willing to trust you with more things. And I think that's what starts the process of the, the mentorship leadership and makes it um, efficient and effective for us. That's wonderful. And I love this idea of really promoting diversity and people of all types of flavors coming together. I think you learn so much when you interact with people who are unlike yourself. And how many kids have you actually had coming through Max Out Strength Studios to experience this diversity and this fresh type of exercise and leadership training? Well, over the last five years, we've had quite a few but there's been many that have been, you know, this was an evolution. So the beginning kids were kind of the guinea pigs um, on the process that I was trying to create and finding out what worked, what didn't work, um, what the triggers were for special types of kids. And you never know. Each kid responds differently to certain types of stimulus. And um, you got to sort of figure out um, what's good for each kid. So I, I worked through that over the last four or five years. 
And uh, but to, all in all, over a hundred kids have been through. And uh, you know, we're proud to say that every one of our kids that have gone on to college um, have gone on to become leaders in whatever it is they're doing, whether it's in the classroom, on the sports field, um, or in life. And and that's the thing that I find the most gratifying is they take with them the the stuff that they learn and they employ it in their lives. Wow, that's so awesome. And you were talking about um, how you're increasing the kid's physical strength. And, you know, with that, I think the kid also, you know, builds self-confidence. And, um, you know, what do you, what do you experience with that? Like, what is it, how does it make you feel as a, as just someone who is a mentor? Well, I, I guess the, you know, we, we started off training adults too. And, and, mm. and, and so it yeah. was kind of like a mix of everybody in there. And it's just, it turned out that, you know, when you broke down what it was we were very, very good at, it was working with kids. And it's great to train adults, but um, at the end of the day, the, I'm just trying to get them in shape. I'm not necessarily changing their life or influencing, influencing them in any way that is meaningful, at least not on a, on a deeper level. And the kids, you know, they're thirsty for knowledge. They want to they wanna be better. They want to get better. And, uh, you know, our job isn't to fix kids. Our job is to help them identify within themselves what they're great at and even what they're weak at. I mean, every kid's going to have weaknesses. Every person yeah, does. Yeah. And, I, and being okay with that. You, they got to be learned to identify and say, you know what? It's okay to stink at stuff. Right. And, <laughs> and you know, I have a saying. And it's, does, uh, does Max out have an appropriate anti- here. Oh, what was okay. that quote? Oh, well, it's, a, it's, a, I, it's the one I stick with. It's, you know, if you, if you work on becoming better at things that you suck at, the best you can hope for is to be marginally less sucky. <laughs> well, there and you go. to me, yeah. that's just not a lot of upside there. So why waste the time spending time doing that? Yeah, yeah. Does MaxOut have an anti-bullying platform? We do. We've partnered with a group called friendwatch.org, mm-hmm. um, founded by a good friend of mine whose son was bullied um, in high school, uh-huh. um, a, a brilliant drummer. Um, but for whatever reason, he really got... Got bullied in high school uh, when he was a freshman, new kid to a school, um, and his dad is a is was helped me write the um, the leadership mentorship program and is in the same you know psychology type of the brain field that I'm in, and uh, he created this group uh, called FriendWatch.org that basically is is a very simple portal um, that a school can put on their website that allows a kid to go if they go on whatever school.org or .net or whatever it is mm-hmm. and they click on this their logo it's a uh, anonymous reporting tool they can type in information that goes to a crisis team at a high school that wow. they can then review it and there's no worry wow. of the I don't want to be a snitch or whatever the the fear yeah. is yeah um it takes that off the table um good and it's it's something that you know and I think whether it's domestic violence or bullying in school, the fear of, of retaliation and retribution is what stops kids from becoming yeah. uh, reporters oh, yeah. of the offense. For sure. That's usually how it is. Well, thank you very, very much, Matt, for sharing all of this wonderful information. It's so inspiring, all the work that you're doing, and I wish you all the best in your endeavors. During the break, be sure to check out maxoutstudio.com to learn more about Matt and all the great services offered by Max Out Strength Studio. I'm Hannah Hundle. 
And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Also, please visit our radio website at expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star team. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about learning to take a stand against bullying. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. To give us a fresh perspective on the topic, Hedda and I are so excited to introduce to you Geoff Herbach. Geoff is an award-winning American author whose young adult novels, Stupid Fast, Nothing Special, I'm a Stupid, and Fat Boy vs. the Cheerleaders, have been listed in the year's best by the American Library Association, the American Booksellers Association, and many library associations. Geoff won the Sybils Award for Best American YA Fiction and the Minnesota Book Award for Young Readers. Prior to writing young adult novels, he published a literary novel, The Miracle Letters of T. Rimberg wrote comedic radio and stage shows, and travel the country telling weird stories and rock clubs. He teaches creative writing at Minnesota State, Mankato, and lives in a log cabin with a very tall wife named Steph. We've been really looking forward to speaking with Jeff today, so without further ado, let's bring him on the program. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for coming on. And first things first, I gotta know, how tall is your wife? Oh... (laughs) It, amazing she's you know she's shrunk a little bit uh so th- that's sad but uh she's she's around six feet tall and i'm not a tall man so we, <laughs> we look a little weird walking down the street oh i wish i was six foot <laughs> i'm so short <laughs> um so we all want to know how did you become a writer and why well, uh, and you know, a lot of writers, I hear them say this, it was something that, um, you know, I, came real naturally to me when I was a kid. Uh, I remember in fifth grade writing a story about um, these extreme sports ants that would make um, hang gliders out of popsicle sticks, and then they would shoot out of this park, and they would shoot into this store, and they would steal hot dogs, and then they'd come back to the park and high five. Um, and I, I thought, man. This is awesome. I'm so good. And I actually pictured like a secretary in New York uh, reading my story about sports ants with a little tear pouring down her cheek because uh, it was so pretty. Um, yeah, so it, it just kind of came naturally to me, but I, I really didn't commit to it fully until I was in my late 20s. Um, you know, I tried to do everything else first uh, because writers tend not to make a lot of money. 
and that scared yeah. me, scared my parents. <laughs> so yeah, I tell my parents that too. They're like, um, have a plan B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that's great, though, that you pursued your passion. Of course, it does take a lot yeah. of courage, I think, in this day and age to just go with doing what you want to do and not letting the naysayers get to you. But what yeah. really made you gravitate towards writing young adult novels? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was kind of a long path to get there. It never, I didn't set out originally to, to write for teens. Um, I was writing comedy um, for a couple of years and that was i mean I, I essentially i wrote dirty jokes which was you know it was it was funny <laughs> i and, and i got paid for it which seemed ridiculous um and uh my son uh a few years ago grew very very quickly uh he grew about six inches in four months um and at the same time he he was a big fantasy reader uh before that and and during those four months uh, for whatever reason, he stopped reading, and you know, I said to him, "Geez, you know, what's the deal? You used to pick up a book in the morning and you know read all day long, and now it it it's like they're you know sick to you or something." And he said, "Books don't apply to me." I was like, "What? Uh. Books? Huh. Like all books? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of <laughs> books don't it's apply." Broad statement there, yeah, yeah, yeah. broad. Uh, and and so I thought, well, you know, um, maybe I'll try to write something that goes directly to his concerns and see if I can keep him reading. Because as I, you know, I teach college and I see what happens to students who aren't used to reading when they get to college. They suffer mightily, and many of them just flunk out. Uh, so it, I found it terrifying that my son would stop reading. Uh, and and that's stupid fast. That first book um, really was for my son. Uh, and and I wanted to hook him back into reading, um, and then that sold, and so I thought that's not a that's not a bad thing. That is so cool. I love that you use that personal connection to really fuel your writing. I think that makes it so much more impactful, probably for you as well. Oh yeah, I you know I wrote that first book, uh, and I've never done this with a rough draft before. I mean, I I pounded that thing out in like six weeks. Um, oh my gosh! And it it really you know I was I was writing on a mission and it it was great, um, yeah. And my son did read it. He read it on his iPod, which I thought was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you know, but it, he liked it, um, and that it did it provided inspiration to keep going. Now I think a lot of people experiences i know i experience it sometimes i try to write these short stories and then it just comes to me like that but how do you how do you break writer's block like what do you have like tips yeah i you know i i realize at a certain point i think writers do this a lot they get inspired they write into the middle of a story and then think uh, i have no idea i have no idea how to end this um so I I actually do a ton of character exercises um, right at the beginning when I first come up with a character. Uh, I actually have like thirty six questions that I I ask the character, um, but the ones that really for some reason get me out of writer's block um, the best are one, um, 
what is your character's favorite pair of pants? And I have no idea why this helps. Wow. For some reason, the yeah, the pants <laughs> like that. The knowing my character's favorite pair of pants um, somehow gets me out of a block ninety five percent of the time. That is so cool. That's genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's a weird one. But the the other one is, um, what is your character's biggest secret? Like an object that they don't want anybody else to see that they carry with them, um, and and a lot of times that symbolic object that they carry with them that they don't want anybody else to see comes with a whole backstory that that can get me out of blocks. Mm. Um, yeah, but. Ask lots and lots of questions of your characters. And as I said, I, I asked 36 uh, at the beginning. And that really, you know, when I write myself into a corner, I can look at the answers to those questions um, and oftentimes get right the heck out. I love that. So do you derive inspiration for creating your characters from everyday people or people that you know? Or what is the process of creating these characters? I know you craft these questions, but do they just kind mm-hmm. of formulate out of nowhere or take us through that process you know the i i feel like characters do come um like initially from people that i know uh especially that book stupid fast i some of the characters in there i didn't even bother changing their names which has been strange that people <laughs> come up to me and say you wrote a book about me and i'm like well you know it's your name um <laughs> but uh after 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 that, I, I do feel like I have to create their own a biography for them, um, mm. and and it's weird if you ask a character questions. I mean, I, I you know I'm not trying to say this to magical process or anything, but if you ask a character questions, you know your subconscious starts to answer, um, and it's it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, Jeff, I uh, have a question for you. Does writing take up most of your time? Like, do people say, oh, you write too much, or do you feel like you don't write enough? Uh, I always feel like I don't write enough. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wrote, man, I wrote 4,000 words today. Um, oh, my gosh. And, you know, and I, I'm on break. Uh, I'm on winter break from the college where I teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I tend to write a lot during that time. And I still feel like I was super lazy, and I feel like I spent too much time poking around in the fridge. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, I, it always, for whatever reason, always feel like uh, I don't write enough. That's awesome. Do you uh, have like a record for your typing speed? I I don't, but that's something I'd like to have. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So when you were, you know, growing up and wanting to become a writer and or just enjoying the process of writing itself, were there any authors that you took inspiration from? Maybe just yeah, fun. yeah. Um, you know, I I loved Kurt Vonnegut, and that Kurt Vonnegut mm-hmm. was uh, that was somebody that my mom gave me uh, when I sort of hit the same spot where that my son did. You know, I I really loved um, the C.S. Lewis books and and Tolkien and and fantasy uh, until I got hit by the puberty train, uh, and then I guess I thought <laughs> they didn't apply to me. Um, but my mom handed me uh, Slaughterhouse Five when I was I was fourteen or so, and that book was magic. You know, it's it's a real weird that is form. So cool. uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and um, it's funny and it's devastatingly sad. It's 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 everything that I would want from a story. Uh, 
And I think Vonnegut continues to be something of an inspiration. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for sharing all of your wonderful insight. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And we wish you all the best in your endeavors. During the hey. break. Yeah. So Thanks fun. so much. During the break, everyone, be sure to check out Jeff's website at jefferbach.com. The book is called Fat Boys versus the Cheerleaders and Stupid Fast. And they are both riveting reads. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Also, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfradio.tradio.com. You can find lots of cool information on our Tumblr page at btsyaradio.tumblr.com. Stick around for our next segment as we continue our conversation. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Voice America Kids. Real kids, real talk radio. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Now, when we're talking about bullying, there's no better person to add to the discussion than our very own Gift of Giving reporter, Caitlin Darrow. Kaylin is enthusiastic about volunteering and giving back to her community. She's here to share some insight on all the positive things we can do in this world to counter the negativity of bullying. Hi, Kaylin. Hi, everyone. It's Kaitlyn Darrow, and today I'm going to be talking about why it's important to choose kindness amid bullies. It's important to be nice and treat others with respect, even if they're your bullies. The golden rule is to treat others the way you would like to be treated, and I feel like this applies to every single person you encounter, whether they're nice to you or not. Being kind to others is the ultimate empowerment. Choosing kindness means you're mature enough to recognize that bullying is absolutely wrong in every single way. Why stoop to the bully's level when you can rise above? I think it's important to note that many times people are the way they are for a reason, whether it be their broken home life, a deep insecurity, jealousy, etc. Most of the time there is a clear source or motive that feeds their mean behavior. I can't justify or make excuses for the bully, but it's important to see all sides of the situation so the issue of bullying is easier to understand. Sometimes all it takes is a smile or a compliment to turn someone's day around. If you're nice to your bullies, it could change their negative attitude. It can make them realize that someone in the world cares, cares about them. My grandma used to say, kill them with kindness, and that's exactly what I try to do when dealing with a bully. 
You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned the part about understanding the bully himself. Because I think that's so crucial to a message to impart to any person being bullied right now that often it's really not you. You are not the problem. It's something going on in the bully's life that's the problem. And they're just yeah. cho- unfortunately choosing you to be the target. And I think that mm-hmm. although it's not particularly comforting, it, it kind of helps you understand and you know not get so hard on yourself and think you're doing something wrong when re- in reality you, you just keep doing you and you keep rocking your style and you let the bully figure out his problems for himself. So I'm really glad you mentioned that part, Caitlin. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. So have you ever dealt with a bully yourself? Oh, of course. I mean, I I think we all have, unfortunately. Um, And, you know, I was never bullied too severely, but I've definitely encountered quite a few mean girls and people who were not very nice to me. Um, But my heart goes out to those who have dealt with those very severe cases of bullying. Um, For me, it never got to the point where bullies altered my life. I always just tried to rise above and ignore those who spread that that really negative, bad energy. Um, I think that my biggest hurdle was just not being accepted in high school and trying so hard to fit in, which I'm sure every teenager, you know, kind of goes through. And I think it's hard when you do stuff that or activities and you do things that no one else can relate to or that no one else thinks is cool. Um, Because I guess in a way, I'm not really a typical high school student. I started a charity. I blog for international media platforms. I love acting. I have a segment on a teen radio show, among other very uncommon activities. So I think that while these things are amazing and so cool, they're kind of perceived as weird in high school when everyone else is trying to blend in and be the same. If you don't play sports, it's kind of like an awkward thing and teens don't know how to react to it. But I learned that it's okay to do something that's different and takes you out of your comfort zone, even if someone makes fun of you for it. Um, I don't think that you should change yourself for acceptance. If you want to start a book club or compete at Pokemon competitions or join a bowling team, things that are different, you should do it. Um, One of my favorite quotes, and it actually relates to this, is by Emma Watson. And she said, don't feel stupid if you don't like what everyone else pretends to love. And it really stuck with me. And I try to remind myself that whenever I feel weird about the things I like. Because you should never be ashamed or try to hide your passion. Wow, I love that. I love that. I like how you really encourage to be different and not the same as everybody else. And I like that quote by Emma Watson. That makes so much sense. You know, I have to project a little anecdote here because this applies so much to me right now, particularly because my friend and I at school actually just started the Capitals Club because him and I are total nerds and we love to learn world capitals. And so I had known this kid in elementary school And, you know, then we went to different middle schools and we didn't really speak to each other again. And even all throughout high school, he went to another school. And then senior year, we just happened to be at the same school again. And we reconnected and we started talking again and it felt just like old times. And as the conversation unfolded, we learned that apparently we both share this passion of loving to learn world capitals. And so we actually started a club solely for that purpose now. And we actually have about 10 to 12 going on 15 members. And... I know when I originally approached the activities office that approves each, you know, new clubs for the school, they looked at me very curiously when I told them that we're starting a Capitals club, because I'm sure that's probably different or weird or unusual, but it's something we love, so we do it anyway. So I love that you kind of spoke to that, Caitlin. That's really interesting. I've never actually heard of that before. 
<laughs> yeah, you might be the first. <laughs> so, Caitlin, do you think that there's always a reasoning behind bullying? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a variety of reasons why someone may become a bully. And then other times there are no reasons at all. So I think it's it's a hard question to answer. I think in many cases, mm-hmm. though, someone who chooses to harass and hurt others, they've been through disturbing situations themselves. And studies have found a direct link to support that. Um, so, I mean, it could be family issues, neglect, the bully's personal history, etc., um, their mental state could also be a factor, and I feel like sometimes people forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are many, many yeah. things to consider when it comes to bullies' detrimental action, um, and it doesn't make it right, and it doesn't make it acceptable, but it's important to understand. And like you said, Hannah, if you're being bullied, it's not your fault. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's the person harassing you that, unfortunately, has issues. That's very yeah. Scary. And I know that, you know, sometimes when we talk about issues like this, really hefty issues, people want to play the blame game. They want to be able to point a finger at the person who caused this all to happen. Do you think the bully is always to blame or should we look to maybe family members who didn't, you know, instill in them what it means to treat people fairly and correctly? Should we look at teachers or principals who should stop the bullying, nip it in the bud? I mean, should we be playing the blame game here? And if so, who should we be who should we be pointing the finger at? Yeah, I mean, other times it could be because of an institutional um, cause. Like if a school or workplace isn't doing anything to prevent bullying or they won't protect victims. Um, Nowadays, many states actually have laws regarding bullying. For example, here in New Jersey, we have an anti-bullying policy. Um, And I think almost all schools, um, unless it's a private school, and it's called HIB, which stands for harassment, intimidation, and bullying. And it takes the issue of bullying very, very seriously. Um, Students have been suspended and expelled, and it really just shows the school becoming very involved, and it's showing how serious bullying is and can be. Um, I know back in the day, and that's a very vague term to use, but even I remember 10 years ago being in elementary school when bullying was not taken very seriously. People would say something along the lines of, stop being a tattletale or suck it up um, when a child was bullied or harassed. I know I heard that before. So I'm glad that people are realizing how important this issue actually is today. Oh, that's, that's really good that that school is doing that because when I was younger, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but bullying really wasn't that big of an issue when you were growing up. But I mean, it was still in the schools, but we didn't have the teachers or the uh, school administration really taking a stand against it. It was just, well, bullying is a part of being in school, so kind of got to do deal with it kind of thing. It wasn't really supported. It wasn't really, um, you know, people weren't really taking a stand against it as as uh, much as they are now, which I'm really glad because in kids who are growing up in the school system right now, they're getting the attention that it needs. Yeah, definitely. I feel like back then maybe kids would get a slap on the wrist type of thing, like a little warning. Nowadays, um, I was talking to my little sister about this too because she's in middle school. Um, Paperwork has to be filled out. The parent has to be informed. And a lot of the times uh, the kids will be suspended if something, you know, if the bullying um, proves to be very severe. So I'm glad Mm -hmm. that those actions and precautions are being taken because bullying should be taken seriously. 
It should be. It should be. Well, thank you very much, Caitlin, for contributing to this thought-provoking discussion. You really hit home the importance of taking a stand against, against bullying. During the break, please visit our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are, 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle. Also, if you want insight on how you can throw off the negativity and bring more positivity into your life and others, check out Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. The book is awesome, inspirational, and available at the BTSYA store at starstyleradio.net forward slash store. So grab a copy and stay right here with us as we continue our conversation. Tune in to Dinosaur Detectives with Little Miss Dinosaur, Anna Dubois. We'll not only learn about dinosaurs, but also about fossils, ancient civilizations, and ask questions from paleontologists. You'll learn about science in general with an emphasis on paleontology and dinosaurs. Anna hopes that this show will start or increase your awareness and interest in the field of science. Dinosaur Detectives can be heard every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, on our 150th show, the theme is No More Bullying, No More Name Calling. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Now, you may, may remember that we have an amazing singer on the Express Yourself team, and we couldn't be more thrilled that she's coming on the program to share her gift with us. You guessed it. We're talking about Jennifer Lee. We can't wait to hear her insight on how music can be used to combat bullying. Thanks for joining us on the program today, Jennifer. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's so good to be back. And I'm so happy and thrilled to be talking and singing about a really important issue right now. And obviously, there's a lot of attention on the issue with bullying, but I don't think people really understand the huge impact it can have on victims. And uh, luckily, I have not encountered bullying myself in I know that I won't be able to understand what it is like to go through such experiences, but I want any listeners right now to know that they have all the support in the world from Express Yourself. So like many other people, uh, I have my own individual way of expressing myself. And uh, my own individual way is to sing. And some people like to write or to talk with others, but I use music as my outlet. So on today's show, I'm going to be singing a song called Mean by Taylor Swift that came out a couple years ago. And I love this song so much. Firstly, she uses a banjo, which is already 10 times more awesome. <laughs> but this song really means a lot to me. And if you've heard it before, the lyrics are very 
they're kind of cheeky and um, they're kind of funny actually. But whenever I'm I feel put down or discouraged by other people. I just listen to the song and sing my entire lungs out because it makes me feel so much better and makes me feel really empowered. So enjoy. You, with your words like knives and swords and weapons that you use against me, you have knocked me off my feet again, got me feeling like nothing new. With your voice like nails on a chalkboard Call me out when I'm wounded You Picking on the weaker man You can take me down With just one single blow But you don't know But you don't know Someday I'll be Living in a big old city And all your ever gonna be is me Someday I'll be big enough so you can't hit me And all you're ever gonna be is mean Why you gotta be so mean? You, with your switching sides and your wildfire lies and your humiliation Pointed out my flaws again As if I don't already see them I walk with my head down Trying to block you out Cause I'll never impress you I just wanna feel okay again I bet you got pushed around Somebody made you cold But the cycle ends right now Cause you can't lead me down that road You don't know you don't know Someday I'll be Living in a big old city And all you're ever gonna be is me Someday I'll be Big enough so you can't hit me And all you're ever gonna be is me Can't see you're strutting out in a bar, talking over a football game with that same big loud opinion. But nobody's listening, washed up and ranting about the same old bitter drunk and grumbling on about how I can't sing, but all you are is me. All you are is mean And a liar And pathetic And alone in life And mean And mean And mean And mean Someday I'll be Living in a big old city And all you're Ever gonna be is me Yeah Someday I'll be Big and a seal can't hit me you're ever gonna be is mean Why you gotta be so mean I'll be living in a big old city And all you're ever gonna be is mean Someday I'll be 
Thank you so much. So Taylor Swift wrote this song a couple years back before she transitioned into pop. And she wrote it right after performing for the Grammys in 2010. And she, uh, the, the performance uh, took a lot of heavy criticism because critics were saying that she didn't sing the best, apparently. And I thought she sounded fine. But I think that they have the idea that singers are perfect and are flawless people. But the fact is, they have their off days as well. Uh, some, sometimes my voice doesn't even come out. So she wrote this song in response to those critics who, she said, weren't giving good constructive criticism, but were simply being mean. And I think that the song's lyrics, someday I'll be big enough so you can't hit me and all you're ever going to be is mean. I think those lyrics ring true for so many people because it's saying that some people like bullies will never change. But if you try your best and ignore all the people who are pulling you down, you can become a very successful and inspiring person. That is so great, Jennifer. And you have an amazing, incredible voice that I would do absolutely anything for. Thank you. But have you ever encountered people who criticized you for your singing as well? And were there times when you kind of felt like you were being put down for your talent? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, That's actually a very funny story. Uh, This summer, I had to sing for this clinician at my chorus camp. And she made me cry. She said, "Uh, I don't. I don't even know why you're singing this song. You seem like you're waiting at a line for uh, for buying clothes. You don't you're not putting your heart into it and you, you honestly don't sound good. And I know that she was doing it so that she could uh, bring me up a little more, but honestly it really did hurt and criticism sure. can be hard and it, it's it's a p- tough thing to go through, but I think that Everything, every, every person goes through it sometimes in their life. Hmm. I think I would agree to that. You know, I went through bullying a little bit when I was in elementary school and some people even bullied me in middle school, but then, you know, I got past it. And I think music definitely helps with bullying. How do you think music helps with the bullying issues? Um, well, music, especially for me, is such an outlet. Like my... Like when I sing loud, that's sometimes I'm feeling angry or sad or really, really happy. So people can use music. I'm not saying all bullying victims should use it. But uh, I think, as in my example, people use a certain thing to express themselves. And I think everyone should pursue that because music really helps me. And I, and I, and I have no doubt that every single person who is listening out there can find something that will help them pu- uh, push through what they are going through. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for your lovely singing and for your inspiring words about how music can spark po- more positivity in our lives. It's wonderful that you're so passionate about such an empowering activity. As always, all good things must come to an end, and this show reminded us to stand up to bowling and to consciously choose the path of kindness as we make our way through this world. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us 
a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be against bullying, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself go. My name is Lindsay Marie from Bookworm. Now from the, now from the Kidstar of the Month, here is the Wisp Pops and their song, Sea Turtle. Left so many clues
Pops from the Kidstar album of the month. 